welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in with 60 with 62, where we spend 60 minutes with your favorite number 62. I am so excited that I have a great friend of mine, Hall of Famer, champion, and quite frankly, the most dominant big man that Walford basketball has ever seen. The one and only Tim Johnson is joining me today. Tim, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's my pleasure, man. You, uh, We must have Noah Dolman coming in in the building here pretty soon. You said most <laughs> dominant ever, uh, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, today, you know, in, in, in the midst of all of this COVID-19, people being quarantined at home, it's been a lot of chaos. And and I and it really brought to to my light or brought an opportunity or a topic for us to discuss is how to really embrace chaos, how to really take chaos to the next level and and, and get the most out of chaos. And and you know, Tim, for those who don't know, Tim Johnson, uh, he's been he coaching uh, Division One basketball for quite some time now. Great coach as well. You know, I, I wouldn't expect anything different. He was a fantastic player. But as a coach, I really would love to get your input on your coaching philosophy, being a former player, and what is your real coaching philosophy, especially when dealing with chaos? No, absolutely. Uh, you hit it right on the head. I think for coaches, um, particularly as we teach these young people, uh, I think we have to learn to embrace chaos. And I would even go further with that and say that, you know, it's imperative that as coaches, we help create chaos, um, especially uh, I should maybe, you know, say organized chaos. You think about uh, good defensive teams and, and practice, right? We could start there with just the idea of coaching. Um, most good defensive teams practice disadvantage drills, right? It's going to be three on four. It's going to be three on two uh, situations that, that essentially create um, minor forms of organized chaos. And, and then through that chaos, I think that players are able to grow and learn. And, you know, it, it, it basically, for me, um, that's certainly become a part of who I am and, and what I believe in the way I see the world. It basically um, and we can dive further into this, but for me, it starts with truth, right? And then from truth, I think a lot of times the truth may cause some chaos, right? And then you move on from chaos into this idea of uh, transformation. And then, you know, from the transformation, you find order, right? So that's why I say embrace the chaos. I think a lot of times the truth is going to come um, and, and it's, it's a situation where, uh, the only way to truly be molded and shaped and changed and, you know, is it's got to be through the chaos, right? You can't avoid it if you want to get to the transformation, if you want to get to uh, the true idea of, of what order is. You know, you said a great point, a couple great points there, Tim. First off, creating that chaos. You know, I, I know being a former player myself, that practice environment, you know, a lot of coaches they base their practice on chaotic moments to see how players would react. And so by having practice in those chaotic environments, it really 
kind of creates a new a new standard, a new uh, a, a habit per se. So when the players get into a game situation, or the, the, there's two seconds left on the clock, or you know, in, in in football, this is the you know it's fourth and two, and you've got to get this first down. The crowd is into it. You know, those chaotic moments, you have to practice for that. You you can't just walk into that and think that it's going to uh, work in your favor. Uh, your 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 framework here, chaos results in truth. Um, truth then goes into transformation, transformation into order. That new order really becomes the standard, right? Absolutely. And it's actually, um, ironically, you actually have to have uh, the truth prior to the chaos. Uh, you know, if I if I give you, you know, the best example you can give and, you know, maybe we're not supposed to dive into to faith. But for this example, I will, uh, you, you know, you look at the, the ultimate figure of truth bringing, which, you know, is is at least for our faith would be uh, Jesus. Right. And, you know, essentially what he brought to the world was truth. Right. And it, it was a, it was a truth that was essential to mankind. And then obviously from that truth created and just an array of chaos. And then I think, uh, you know, as we all know, people since, you know, his coming have been, uh, you know, transformed through that chaos. And then obviously we, we find order and that we have a faith in a way uh, to go about life. But obviously that's a that's a grandiose example. There are so many other uh, minor examples just through sports that I love. Um, you know, you take, uh, let's say, let's, let's take a guy like, you know, a LeBron James type figure who is arguably one of the greatest of all time. You know, if you, if you really dive into, into his legacy, it was the moment where he left Cleveland and all of a sudden they're burning his Jersey. All of a sudden his legacy is, uh, people are coming for his legacy. People are coming for, uh, what he stands for. And, and in that moment, in that chaos, you know, he found championships and eventually came back to Cleveland and did something legendary, um, which is the transformation of not only his his brand and his legacy, but also for me, at least, it was a transformation that I was witnessing of an all time great. And now, you know, the order comes where he's in, you know, unbelievable territory as a as a as an all time great. And his legacy was just transformed uh, through what he went through. So, but yeah, that's, that's absolutely, uh, for me, that's kind of become the standard of just how I look at the world. You know, you bring a lot of great points there, you know, to many chaos is something that's suffering. You know, mm. it, it's something that, you know, why am I going through this? Why am I, you know, experiencing this chaotic, um, situation? And, you know, you talked about faith and, you know, you look at Romans 5, verse 3 through 4, and it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, mm. knowing that suffering produces endurance, mm. and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And, you know... That's high level right that's, there. That's high level. <laughs> and, and, and not only that, it kind of goes back to what you said as far as it becomes the standard. It becomes the new order. It becomes how you live your life. And it's not that you live your life in chaos, but going through chaotic moments produces something in people that I think instead of running away from it, you have to embrace it. And and, and it's, it's something that you have to, to recognize 
as a real phenomena of being there so you can immerse yourself in it and then really take your your new standards to a new level because I'm telling you once you've been through a chaotic situation and you've come back you come out on the other side of it you're never the same person as you were before you started the chaos. Is is that fair to say? 100%. I mean, you even look at, you know, what's going on in the country right now. I know so many people are uh, struggling and hurting. And, you know, we certainly have thoughts and prayers for everybody going through uh, things with their health. And we're going to get through this together. But how many people have you heard uh, just through this, this chaotic moment say, man, I've really grown. I've really gotten better. I've really become a better father. I've really been able to... Uh, dive into this book. I've really been able to, you know, pour into myself. I've really been able to uh, speak more to my friends. Man, the amount of time I've gotten with my family and uh, my children, and you, you just hear that so much. And so the truth is, we weren't spending enough time with family. And the truth was, we weren't prioritizing. Uh, at least I wasn't. I'll speak for myself. I wasn't prior prioritizing self growth. And you know, I tell you, I've dived into. I've lost count of how many books I've read. Uh, you know what? They have absolutely changed me. And as we come through this uh, pandemic, you know, then, like I say, once you get through that transformation, well, here comes the order. Right. And and what I'm going to be able to to do as a, a father, a leader and a coach is going to be just uh, I know it's going to be I'm, I'm going to be better for the young man that I serve on a daily basis because of the chaos. And I think that's kind of, again, another personal example. Uh, but what you said that that verse, man, that was that was spot on. And there is so much wisdom uh, in the good book. So that was, thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. Definitely. And, and you know, we, we're we former athletes. You know, we're fathers. We're professionals in the community. But the same principles can be applied to anyone. So if you're listening, you don't have to think, oh, well, I'm not an athlete or I'm not a father. If you're a mother, if you're a mom of two, working two or three jobs to provide you know what chaos is if you're if you're a dad and you're just getting started or you you're trans you're starting a new business or whatever the the principles of chaos and embracing chaos they're they're for everyone across the board and and so you may hear us give examples of 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 sports um, situations. You may hear us give examples of fatherhood, but please understand that the same principles can, and frameworks can be used across the board for everyone. And, and I think that's very important. That's what we want people to understand uh, is that we're all going through something, some kind of chaos, whether, you know, whether you're like, you know, Tim and myself, you know, you're, you have dad responsibilities you know, you have work responsibilities, you have to get involved in your community, you know, there's always something going on. And sometimes, Tim, you, you, you're viewed as a, a superhero. Mm. You know, sometimes you're viewed like as, as Superman. But who, who, who recharges and who helps out the hero? Who, who helps out Superman in, in, in the midst of chaos? Because you're always looked at as as far as the person that can come in and and save the day mm-hmm. whether it's your 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 family members whether it's your children whether it's folks at your job in the community whatever the case may be you're looked at as the superhero but who helps the superhero 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. And, you know, what you're asking is basically, you know, once you get into the chaos, how do you come up out of that? And I think, you know, for me, the best analogy I can give you, um, you know, as coaches, we say there's two things. First of all, they say you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. But I think that's just another way of saying you have to embrace the chaos. But the other saying you hear a ton in coaching and these things float around so much, you know, as coaches, we know what to say. You know, these these adages go around so much. But uh, it says that iron sharpens iron. And so if you look at that analogy and, you know, it, it, it's, it has face value, but also if you dive into it, you know, the idea of iron sharpening iron, well, let's let's really dive into that for a second. The one piece of iron that's going to be sharpened, um, it has to be heat. You know, it has to be put under fire and it has to be, you know, that fire is an immense amount of stress. And essentially you put that metal in the fire to the point where it's ready to melt. And right before um, it breaks or right before it's, you know, to the to the state of melting, you pull it out of the fire and now it's become malleable. Right. So then at that point, you could take another piece of steel and you can basically beat it into form uh, to something that's that's useful. And I think that's that's a, a strong analogy for a couple of reasons. First of all, if that piece of metal isn't put into the fire and you just bang it right away. So if it isn't brought to chaos, um, you know, it's going to be sparks flying. It's going to, you know, maybe result in a lot of scars for that steel, but it won't truly be transformed because it tried to skip a step. Mm. But if you allow that piece of metal to be, become malleable and, and you, you beat it, but not just beat it, you have to hit it with a vision of what it could be. So as we take these young players and we, we put them into adverse moments, you know, we can't forget to have the vision for them. So now how does it come out of that chaos? Well, two reasons. I think that in your moments of chaos, you have to have something that's pouring into you and that has a vision for you. And this could be uh, a lot of times it's a it's a mentor. Uh, sometimes it's going to be your, your faith. Uh, sometimes it's going to be a coach that has a, a true vision for what you could be. And uh, as we as we mold these pieces of steel, you know, iron sharpens iron. Um then you become as as you dip it into the the cool right, and now it's something that's been transformed into something way different uh, than what it was. But you can't skip the step of heating it up, and and we have to embrace the heat, and we have to embrace, um, you know, as coaches, putting that type of heat on our guys, whether it's a workout, um, whether it's practice. You know, like they say, we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. But you know, just I think for me personally, professionally. Uh, how do I come out of chaos? I think when I'm when these chaos moments arise, whether it's a tough schedule, uh, what's going on in the country, I think it's a great time to pour into yourself and and grab books, and you know talk to friends like you who have great insight. And I think that's how, at least for me, um, I've been able to come out of chaos. But I, I would like to ask you the same question for you. Uh, you mentioned this is not specific to coaching, just in your life. Um, you know, you've been a Hall of Famer. You've won championships. I know you've experienced chaos. How have you come out of those moments? So, so I, I can, I can give two examples. You know, one from an athletic standpoint. You know, two in 2012, we're playing for the Southern Conference Championship. We have a great team. Everyone knows we have a great team. We're playing at home against Chattanooga. And, you know, it comes down in overtime. I think it was first and goal on the on the two. 
and we've got a score. And the crowd is into it. The defense makes a shift. We have to check the play. You've got to hear the quarterback. You've got, you know, two defensive linemen who were at the time all conference guys. Um, it's pandemonium. It's chaos. And, you know, you have that, that, that those butterflies in your stomach because you're so excited. But we snapped the ball and, 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 you know, I made a great block with our, uh, with our guards. Number seven, Brightenstein gets the ball, touchdown, and we win the game, and we dogpile, and we, we're, you know, the, the crowd is on the field, and, you know, we're cheering, and we're in the locker room, and we're, you know, having a great time, but, you know, leading to that moment, it was chaos. It was a chaotic game, you know, and outside of athletics, you know, you think about the folks that are working a nine to five. You're working a job. You're trying to build your career. You know, you might be going back to school, working on your master's or working on some certifications for professional development. You have a family. You have one or two kids, different ages. They want your attention. They need different things. You've got your mom and dad. You have to go back and visit. You have aunts and uncles that want to see you. They don't see you enough. They want you to come visit then there's things in the community that they want you to be a part of. They want you to be on different boards. They want you to be, a, you know, part of different organizations. And then all of a sudden you've got to put fires out. You know, there's a project that works, something didn't go right. Or, you know, there's a, there's a situation uh, that has your name on it within the community. You've got to go put that fire out. Things happen. You, you're wearing so many different hats and you don't, you know, you ask a, a normal person, you know, how are you able to to function when you have all these different responsibilities and you just sit here and you say, it's chaos. It's, cha- it's chaotic to someone that's on the outside looking in. But at the same time, you know that at the end of the day, all the things that you're working hard for is to set up a legacy, to set up a legacy for your children, to set up a legacy for your family, to set up a legacy for how people are going to know you or remember you by. And not everyone has the ability to do that. Whether you're the single mom out there, you know, working extremely hard to take care of your kids or whether you're the the, the you know, the the maintenance guy who's who's trying to find a way to provide a meal for his family, you understand chaos and you understand what it's like to to be put in tough situations. But I, I, I tell everyone to remember, no matter what chaos you're going through, whether it's with your job, whether it's with your family, understand that it's a brighter day is coming. Mm-hmm. Understand that what you're doing is making you stronger, is making you better, more equipped mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to handle whatever is coming the next day. And and, and it's, it's really hard to maybe to see that in the midst of the chaotic moment but I, I i tell you you have to have hope you have to have vision you have to have something that is a reminder mm-hmm. i know and you probably can attest to this i know right now in your locker room you have what your goals are as a team mm-hmm. what your goals are as a program what your goals are 
uh, for individuals as well as, you know, together as a team. And I think it's important to always understand and have that vision in the back of your mind because when you have those tough days, those two-a-days, those tough practices, those tough weightlifting sessions, you're playing a tough opponent, or in the real life, you're trying to find ways to keep the bills going, you're trying to find ways to keep food on the table, you're trying to find ways to get a, big, a bigger house for your family, your kids need braces, your kids need new shoes, your, your mother, you know, she needs a little help for, for whatever the case may be. It's chaotic, mm-hmm. but you have to find a way to keep in your mind the vision of what you're working for. So when you get through this moment, when you get through these obstacles, you can look back and understand I made it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously the first part of it, you know, that we've touched on a good bit is the idea of embracing chaos. But as we said before, um, and, and you touched on so many great things and about the hope and the vision in the midst of the chaos. But I think it's important to remember the the foundation of all of this is the, the chasing truth, right? So we know embrace chaos. Maybe we skipped a step, but you have to you have to search for the truth and you have to be accepting of the truth and you have to be okay sharing the truth. And I always like to give examples from coaching. But if I have a good player, um, a lot of times, man, it's it's tough to present what could what might be the truth to that player because I know maybe he rebels right or if I if I really truly want to um, you know discipline my child and I have to tell him something in a, in a discipline disciplinary tone maybe he's gonna cry maybe he'll rebel right and and so before you can truly embrace chaos I think we have to one search for the truth and I think two um, we have to be okay saying the truth and and that's such a you know, that that's that's goal number one. And I think, you know, if, if 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 you're not at a point where I just think in your daily, you know, as you're as you're reading, as you're meditating, as you're, you know, diving into your faith, at the end of the day it should be for me, center around uh searching for truth. And you know what? I I would hope that as I deal with players, they get from me if if I had one good compliment, I would hope they say he always tells us the truth. And and the second thing is that he has a distaste for anything that gets in the way of winning. Right. And 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 from that. So, you know, for you and, and your industry, um, you know, what are the ways at least that that you've seen that you feel um, you have to either reveal truth or, or chase truth? I, I think truth is, you know, if you put in a uh, in the wet on, on Google the definition of truth, you're going to get so many, so many different uh, answers. You might get the Bible. You might get Paul Pierce. You know, he, no, he, he was definitely the truth. <laughs> you might get different, different definitions for the truth. But the, the, the thing about the truth, Tim, that I really love is that the truth puts everything into perspective. 100%. When, when, when you know the truth about yourself, when you know the truth about your business, your organization, your team, as as in your situation, you know what's what to expect. You know kind of how to measure things. For example, in business, one of the key things in business, especially in operations, is to understand your capacity. Let's say I make shirts and I can only produce 
in my factory or in my my operations, I can only produce 10 shirts. That's the, that's the most I can make through my operations. Now, I might get a deal on the table for a million shirts and we can be rich. But if I don't have the capacity, if I don't have the ability to make a million shirts, mm-hmm. and the truth is I can only make 10, well, I'm going to be in a pretty tough situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in a pretty tough spot. And so in business, is you know, we talk about, well, what do people talk about in business? One thing that people talk about is what is our capacity? What is our true ability to manufacture or produce a good or a service? Because if you don't know that, if you don't understand your truth, you're going to waste a lot of money and you're going to bite off more than you can chew. And, and by doing that, it, it, it tarnishes relationships. It tar- and a lot of times, Tim, in business, I've seen clients and customers appreciate you being honest and truthful from the get-go, from the front. They would rather you say, you know, I know you want a million shirts, but I can only produce 10, maybe with, a, with, with some type of joint venture, or maybe we can look for ways to outsource or even invest in more um infrastructure to get closer to that million dollar point Mm -hmm. that might be something we can do but being truthful and honest up front whether in business whether in coaching i'm sure you see that with recruiting when you see a guy that's like oh coach i'm ready Mm -hmm. i I could come in right now give you 22 a night Mm -hmm. you know but really this cat hasn't played against the type of talent that he's going to be seeing throughout the SOCON and throughout Division One basketball. So, you know, I think there's so much that can be said about the truth and understanding the truth. And even on a personal level, when you when you're when you're meeting a young woman or a young man and and from the beginning, you always try to put your best foot forward. You mm-hmm. know, you're buying flowers every week, you're you know, you're sending good morning texts every day. But in all actuality, that's not who you really are. <laughs> you you might not really be that person, and 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 you're 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 giving out a lot that is not who you truly are. It's best to always be true from the beginning through the middle, and that's going that's how you have a nice ending, in my opinion, is by always being truthful and understanding the truth within yourself and in all situations. No, absolutely. Uh, and, and you hit it right on the head. A lot of that was was gold, especially, you know, you talked about uh, truth and recruiting 100 percent, man. At the end of the day, people are going to be attracted to truth tellers. You know, people are going to be attracted to the truth. And uh, you definitely want to lead with truth, whether that's leading your team or whether that's going into a recruit uh, recruiting engagement. You definitely want to lead with truth. And, and, you know, you really used a beautiful analogy um, I cannot come up with an analogy better than what you just used. And what you're talking about is the whole reason you chase truth and the whole reason that you engulf yourself in the truth is because it increases self-awareness. And again, what the, the analogy you, you just used was beautiful. You talked about the idea of understanding who you are, understanding what you need to work on, understanding where you've been, understanding your potential and, and the places you could be. All those things that you just, again, that was a beautiful analogy. All those things that you just talked about are basically talking about how from truth you become self-aware. And and once you become self-aware, listen, sometimes chaos isn't ex- external. 
Mm. Sometimes uh, the, when you when you discover truth and when you chase truth through self awareness, sometimes chaos is internal. And I think uh, the the transformation that comes from internal chaos, in a lot of ways, is even more powerful than the external chaos because you know a lot of external chaos we can't control. Like I can't, I'm not a doctor. I can't control a cure for what's going on in the world. I can just hope and and pray. It turns out the way I know it will. Um, and, and there are, you know, all types of things in the world that I can't control that are external chaos. But listen, what's going on, what happens within my framework and, and the things that happen within me that are, you know, internal versions of chaos? Am I leading correctly in my home? Am I the type of father that's going to produce, uh, you know, high level people and high level citizens? Am I coaching at a championship level? Am I striving to get better? These are all questions that, uh, you know, as you search through truth and become self-aware, they become apparent to you. So I definitely think, you know, external chaos is great. And we definitely want to um, organize, you know, create organized chaos for our players. But we also, you know, through your reading, through your, you know, just search, you know, you want to you want to embrace internal chaos. You know, you don't want to just go along with the flow and, and only read things that you agree with and only talk to people you agree with. Uh, you know, you got to you got to talk to people that challenge the way you think and you got to put yourself in situations that challenge the way you think. And you have to read books that enlighten you to a, a stance that you may not be privy to. And, and and those are some of the things that can be very beneficial as you come through the chaos. Again, the whole point of chaos is to get to the transformation. So, you know, that was, again, a beautiful analogy by you. Yeah. And, you know, you, you talked about internal chaos. You know, we were talking before we went live about, you know, Gucci Man and, and, and how his 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 rap game has, has changed over the years. But I, I remember one of my favorite songs by Gucci was Worst Enemy. Mm-hmm. And he opens up the line by saying, I'm my best friend and I'm my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the mind and how, you know, how you perceive yourself and how you know, you, you try to better yourself or, you know, sometimes you go back to the game or you go back to, you know, what was always breaking you down. It can be your best friend, but it can also be your worst enemy. So, um, you know, I want to, I want to transition right now, Tim, for the, the last half of, of this conversation. And, and once again, we appreciate you listening, uh, to us. Um, you know, this is 60 with six, two, where we're trying to, uh, bring enlightenment. We want to bring knowledge. We want this to be a resource of inspiration because we're all going through stuff, something, you know, through this COVID-19, we have learned more about ourselves being in quarantine, being, being locked up in situations, not being able to go out and do things. And it's, it's, it's really given us an opportunity to learn more about ourselves. And we want this to be a platform to give inspiration so when things open back up, you have a new mindset, you have a new focus, you have a new vision of how you want to do the rest of 2020 and set up, not just for the rest of 2020, but really set up for the, the next steps of your life. But Tim, you know, you've had a very interesting COVID-19 co- quarantine situation where you've had to to kind of dip your toe in chaos and you've had to understand and 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 learn some new things about yourself professionally as well as personally. And I, I would love for you to kind of use this to 
to enlighten others. Yeah, so the idea of uh, truth to chaos to transformation to order, right? So everybody knows my story. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. It's definitely a point of uh, identity for me. But, you know, beginning life uh, in a foster home situation and then that moving to adoption uh, from my parents who have really been angels to me that I'm always thankful for, you know, my life was good. Uh, unbelievable academic career, English degree, uh, master's, de- uh, uh, master's degree in communications, uh, championship player. Uh, I've been able to coach on great teams. I have a beautiful wife, two children. That, that's what you would call order. You know, my life is very uh, intact and I'm, I'm appreciative of that. But with that being said, it was important to me to know my truth and to know my history and as we said, when you sometimes when you search for truth, what comes of that is chaos. Uh, so, you know, basically through this whole quarantine, you know, I've spent that uh, searching for uh, biological relatives. And, uh, you know, I ended up it's funny. My wife uh, bought me, a, you know, the 23andMe kit. It's, uh, you know, you basically put a sample of your DNA through saliva into the kit. You send it off. Well, she she actually bought it for me a year ago, and this thing sat on my dresser for an entire year. In my bedside, I was I would I would look at it, see it every night, wouldn't touch it because just internally I knew what what this box would lead to. Right, this is gonna lead me to this is truth, and I'm gonna find. Uh, excuse me, I'm gonna find some things uh, through this box that I better be ready for. And I have to be accepting of that. So that that that's where the you know the whole idea of courage comes in. So long story short, I submit the DNA, and what comes back is uh, I'm actually pinged uh, to two close relatives, uh, one of which was uh, a brother of mine that I had never met, and the other was a uh, a first cousin of mine, and they're both just beautiful people that uh, were able to educate me on basically the entirety of the rest of my family uh, that I had never met before. And so long story short, I, I speak to a few people. I'm navigating it. I end up on the phone with a, a cousin of mine, a second cousin, and she just gives me the entire story, the backdrop, what happened, this is this, this is that. And at the end of the conversation, uh, obviously through speaking to, you know, my biological brother, who uh, was a Division One football player, he's a professional football player. Uh, he's also just a great person. So, f- just from our relationship and what's developed of that, I've been transformed. But one thing she said to me on the phone as we were about to get off: uh, "This is my this is my second cousin I'm speaking to." We talked for probably ten minutes. Um, the first conversation, uh, the second conversation was more along the lines of about two hours. But at the end of the first conversation, she says to me, I've been looking for you. And mm. when she said it, it was uh, I could sense the relief in her voice. And I knew that, you know, us finding each other um, had brought her a sense of peace. And, you know, the same thing can be said for my brother, who um, he was just he was just so good, so good to me in our in our interaction. So. For me, um, as that happened through the quarantine and as I was developing as a person, as I was reading, as I was trying to do more to prepare myself to uh, just be a better leader for this whole thing to happen like that, you know, 
to go from truth to, you know, the whole idea of chaos. I mean, I represented chaos for a lot of people where, you know, no one knew of me. And, and here I am out of nowhere. I pop onto the scene and that 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 presents chaos. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we were all transformed through um, reconnecting. And then, you know, from that, now there's a new order. You know, now mm -hmm. I have a brother uh, that, that I'm going to enjoy getting to know, uh, get to know. I spoke to my first cousin uh, nonstop for the last 42 hours. Uh, so it's been a really, really fun experience, man. But but that pretty much that is where my conviction comes from in, in that path of, you know, and this is something that will go over and over and over again. It goes truth, chaos, transformation, order. Back to truth, back to care. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and this is just something that, uh, for me, man, it's going to be a lifelong deal, and I'm accepting of that. You know, it, it reminds me of this. You know, and 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 we use. You know, we're open to, you know, all faiths and and religions, but it reminds me of the story of Joseph in the Bible. You remember Joseph was cast out as a young child, as a young man, um, by his own family. And sold off into slavery, was in prison, but because of his talent and because of his integrity, because of his character, and ultimately because God always had his hand on him, no matter how far he was from his original earthly family, God always had his hand on him. He went from being a prisoner to becoming the prince of Egypt. And during a chaotic moment, during a famine, his family that cast him off, that sold him into slavery, that, you know, wasn't there for him when he was in prison, his family had to travel down to Egypt. And who was the person that had to approve or give them food was Joseph. It was a new order. It was a new way, a new mm. standard. And it, I think it's very equal equivalent to your life Tim because you know to be put through those things as a young child maybe you didn't go through prison things of that nature however you still always God always had his hand on you and he's been able to bless you with a beautiful family with beautiful children a great career and as you said now as you reconnect with your family that you're just learning about through this whole COVID-19 process now there's a new order. Now there's a new way for you guys to reunite. And it might be a case where you reunited at this moment because there's something that you can do or you have the influence or the ability to provide for them a new platform that without going through what you've been through would have never been able to happen. 100% man. And that was a again, man. You that's why I'm here. You're such a sharp guy. Another beautiful analogy. You hit me with all kind of scripture today, man. You might have a <laughs> you might have a future with that for hey, real, man. That's beautiful. Hey, like those that know me know I will be the worst preacher ever. <laughs> nah, I, I dis I, hey, I disagree. I disagree, man. I, again, that, that's but listen, I'm I'm no Joseph, but I, what I will say is my life was really good, and you know I basically had a decision: do I uproot this order? And, and embrace the chaos that I know could arise from from searching for the truth or do I just let it ride do I just you know don't worry about it doesn't matter life's good 
like I said, you got this kid sitting on your uh, bedside and you got two choices. You're either going to embrace that chaos and, and see what comes from that and dare to be transformed. Or, you know, you're just going to ride it out. And I think, uh, like you said, man, it's it's the idea of uh, 100% God for sure had his hand on me. I mean, I was basically told uh, yesterday by uh, my cousin that, listen, she said to me, everything you've achieved, uh, all the places you've been, the man you've become, you know, I don't know that it, I don't know that this is I don't know that you go to those places. I don't know that you meet those people. I don't know that you have your experiences had not the beginning of your life gone the way it went. And mm. she said, this doesn't mean, you know, you want to become a good person. This doesn't mean you couldn't have, you know, enjoy life. But there's just, you know, I've, I've traveled the world, right? And, you know, I've seen all kinds of different things and been all, been all kind of different places. And a lot of that is because of uh, what my parents were able to give me financially and, and some of the people they were able to put me around. So, uh, you're you're hitting on a lot of great things, man. But you know, it's it's one of those things. It doesn't make me uh, any different. I don't want people to think that you know I had a beautiful life. I don't even remember much of that. But what I will say is, you know, in terms of conviction about what I believe, uh, this experience definitely uh, forever altered me. And you know, it's a beautiful thing. And now, as we come out of this, and I come out of this myself. You know, I'm definitely in a place of I'm I'm getting past I'm in in the midst of the transformation, and I'm coming into the order. So for me, that the next challenge will be, how can we, you know, continue to search for truth? And the next time chaos arises, uh, don't be afraid of it. You know, embrace it, and 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 that's my new deal. And then as our players come back on campus, uh, out of this chaos, we're gonna tell them the truth. And the truth is, hey man, you guys haven't touched the ball in three months. And you're really out of shape, so let's get to the chaos. Let's get to this. Uh, let's get to getting you in shape, and uh, figure that out. And then hopefully we're transformed through that. And it may be just possibly uh, at the end of the season, when when everything becomes uh, great order, we're finding ourselves in a championship moment. And, and and you said it. You know, trying to find ways to come back to that truth. And 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 you know, I definitely appreciate you sharing that uh, your story with us. You know, one thing I want people to understand is that. Things happen out of our control all the time. But the the key is to be able to control what you can control. Do the best you can through the circumstances that you have. You know, a lot of people right now are unemployed. Some have been furloughed. Some have been promised their job once the company, once the economy and the country kind of reopens. And some have been told they don't have a job. Mm. And it's it's. This is truly chaos for a lot of people because you have lives at stake. You have responsibilities that you have to, um, you know, take care of. And I, 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 one thing that I want people to take from Tim's story, from my examples, and, and just in general, is to have hope. Mm. Have hope through chaos. Mm-hmm. Because the hope will give you the vision that you need to make it through because mm-hmm. there is a brighter day. Look, everyone, I don't care how great they look on Instagram, how many likes they get. I don't care how fabulous their life looks on Snapchat. Everyone is dealing with chaos. You know, the, the, the good book says that the, the, you know, the sun rises on the just and unjust and the rain falls on the, the guilty and the innocent. So it doesn't matter what your position is. There are some things you can't control, and the things you can't control, you have to just do the best you can. 
but keep the hope. Keep the hope alive. You you and I both know du- Officer Dwayne at Walford. You know, keep he, hope alive. He would always <laughs> tell you, keep hope alive because yeah. no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how chaotic, if you keep hope alive, you have a chance. Absolutely, man. And, you know, I appreciate you again. Uh, and that's why I was so uh, excited to do this, you know, even through this you know, just listening to you and some of the examples you've given and some of the ways you uh, diving into your, you know, where your faith and your belief come from. I just think, you know, one a key factor in this is you are the company you keep. And that's really real. And, um, you know, everybody knows how cool and, and how much of a, of a influence uh, Jared has been to this community, um, you know, the entirety of the upstate. Right. And this is just the beginning for him. So, you know, it's, imp- it's it's very um, impactful to me to see you grow and, and to see what you've done uh, in fatherhood, to see what you've done as a leader, to see what you've done with your brand. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a guy that, that graduated. And, and like I say, I know I say it all the time, but uh, what you've done in broadcasting is, uh, I mean, this is this is going to be really cool for you. I'm, I was uh, as excited as I've ever been uh, to see you broadcast a, a championship football game and I, I kept saying to myself as I'm listening to that broadcast, like, I know that guy. That's that's my guy. So, um, you know, it's really cool to be able to sit on here and, and bounce ideas with you. And I tell you, man, I, you know, I don't know what the plan for this is, but this is something I think we should do again. Well, definitely that. And I, and I appreciate that, Tim. But I, I want people to understand this. I, I'm, just a, I'm just a common guy. I, I'm just a guy that I put my pants on uh, just like everyone else, even though my pants may – be big and tall, um, <laughs> <laughs> even though they they may have a little more material than than, than the uh, average size. But you know, I, I had a mentor tell me this, and you know, we're coming up on uh, we've got about ten minutes left. But I had a mentor tell me this when I was a sophomore at Wofford, and it really changed my whole perspective. He said, he asked me, he said, Jared, what do you, how do you see yourself? In 10 years, 10 years from now, what are you eating for dinner? What do you, you know, what kind of car are you driving? What kind of clothes do you wear? What, you know, how many friends do you have? Where do you travel to? And I couldn't, I couldn't answer those questions because I, I was so focused on just living in ship hall and, and going to Dr. Carol Wilson's, uh, you know, business writing course or, or, you know, Professor Jenny, um, you know, Johnson's accounting course, I wasn't thinking like that. And so he was trying to tell me, you have to have a broader vision. What's your vision? What's, what, what's really, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? And he said, once you figure out that answer, you have to then backtrack to where you are today and ask yourself, Am I preparing myself to get to that destination? Mm-hmm. And, and and not only for 10 years, but 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years from now, how are you getting there? He said, it's like a GPS. You know, a GPS, you type in where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't track from the starting point. It tracks from the ending point and then it, mark, it, it works its way back to where you are. Mm-hmm. And the same has to be done for your life. Do you have that vision? And 
once you have that vision and you kind of have that game plan of how to get there, that's how you know what opportunities to pull the trigger on and to jump on. What what opportunities to go in and, and invest in and to make the most of and also which ones to stay away from. Because there, there are a lot of things that come at us in life. There's different opportunities for us to, you know, whether it's get rich quick schemes, whether it's, you know, I think this is the love of my life or I, I, I think I need to cut this person off or I think I need to invite this person in more. There's so many different challenges that we face in life. But if you don't have a vision of where you're trying to go in life, you're going to get distracted. You're going to invest in the wrong things. And you're not going to have the truth. You're not going to have the, the the transformation. You're not going to have the order that you talked about today, Tim, that's going to help us change truly where what we're trying to do and where we're trying to go. And so, you know, that's really my biggest piece of advice for people is to understand that vision. Look at it every day. And remind yourself that this is where I'm trying to go to. And if you can't, and, and to get there, it's going to be some chaos. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some turbulence. But but if you can't embrace yourself through that, if you can't see the vision at the end, you're not going to truly get to your full potential. And it's it's And when that opportunity comes, you might not be ready. And that's a bad place to be. Absolutely. You know, the I've been lucky enough to uh, have experienced, you know, a couple of uh, well, four, uh, five uh, championship teams. And, and uh, one of the things that's consistent about them all is you have to go through something to get somewhere. Right. And, and that's a you know, if you if you dive into the last dance, this uh, documentary documentary that's current, currently on about, uh, you know, Jordan, Robin, Pippen. You know, I remember being a kid and just seeing it, and I never knew all the things that were going on behind the scenes. But the the you know the chaos they had to survive, you know, with just I mean the the front office and the players are seeing it a little bit different. Uh, you got you know Robin who needs his attention. You have I mean it just was so much that was going on, um, and they're all great players, and and for them to be able to come together and uh, again transform a city. Uh, transform or just uh, the NBA and uh, do what they did is just, you know, again, um, you know, you hit on a lot of great things, but, but this has been awesome. I definitely appreciate uh, being on here with you and being able to, to speak about all that stuff and per usual um, and and spending time with you, I've learned a ton as well. So uh, anytime you want to hop back on here, man, I'm, I'm a hundred percent for it. I got my pen and pad out. I'm going to take as many notes as possible. But again, brother, I appreciate you. Uh, Tim, it's always a pleasure. I, I, I appreciate you being open. I appreciate you uh, letting us and the world into to your life. Um, I think it's definitely something that you didn't have to do. Um, you're very vulnerable with us, and, and we need more of that. I think we need more men to understand that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to showcase things inside because once again, and we, we said this earlier uh, in, in the communication was that, you know, we're always seen as Superman, but who was helping the superhero? The superhero still needs somebody to go to. And, you know, whether it's a Lois Lane or whether, 
whether it's you know your your wife or or or, or small circle, you have to have someone to be vulnerable with because that's the only way that you stay balanced. Because if you get so much built in inside, if you if you have all this chaos going on around you, but you don't have any release, you don't have any vision, you don't have any focus. That's how people go crazy. That's how people suffer from mental illness. And that's how mental illness is passed on throughout family trees. We can stop that. We can we can be the, the, the change that's needed for men and women within our families to make sure that we have that release, we have that vulnerability, but I really appreciate you doing that. And and this is only the begin only the beginning. You know, we're gonna have more conversations like this. They don't always have to be this heavy. We may have a conversation about who's truly the GOAT, LeBron <laughs> or MJ. You know, I say MJ, Tim may say LeBron, you know, but then again, you know, MJ hasn't played in almost almost twenty years and his his sneakers are still number one, you know, on, on off the shelves. You know what I mean? So yeah. that just tells you about the kind of impact that he has. Um, but you know, I think this is the start of something great, and I hope that you know you guys that are listening, give us your feedback. You know how to reach us through social medias. My social media tag is Jared S six two on Instagram. As well as Facebook, Tim. What's your what's your handles? Yeah, I'm uh, at Coach T Johnson. So please reach out to us, follow us. Uh, we will have more of these. We will have more conversations. Uh, feel free to give us your feedback as well, uh, Tim. Um, once again, I appreciate you and and everything you've done, and I, I'll definitely give you the last word. No, I, I don't. I first of all, man, I, I'll say the last word for me is. I can't get my mind off of when you mentioned uh, Carol Wilson. I, I can, you know what's funny? I cannot think of a moment in my mind that I don't see uh, Dr. Wilson smiling. <laughs> and I was just like, literally, it has me uh, sitting right here rattled because as I picture her in my mind, I'm trying to think, what does she look like when she's not smiling? <laughs> and, I, and for the life of me, I cannot see her without a smile on her face. And, you know, maybe that's just a testament to who she is. And then from there... That led me to think about uh, Dr. Jim Neighbors, yeah. right? Who they they they're kind of they just go together, right? Yeah. They're one and the same, and and I'm like, golly, man, if if I hope one day I get to, a, well, I guess I'm a coach, just a little different. Sometimes you gotta be you gotta have a different look on your face, but if you ever get to a point in someone's mind where they can't think of you without a smile on your face, that that's a high level person right there. Yeah. So. My last word will be shout out Dr. Carol Wilson. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we appreciate you. So thank yeah. you. Dr. Wilson, I, I know her very well. And she, you know, we, we could have a whole story. We, we need to do a Dr. Wilson conversation. But Dr. Wilson has been a dear friend of mine. Uh, she is one of my mentors that I go to to, to this day. Uh, to this day, I, I call her probably once a month, sometimes twice a month. And we have great conversations, uh, you know, professionally, um, different personal things that we, we both face. And she's always been that great resource. Her, her, her fantastic husband, Randy, uh, her, her son, John Wilson, um, you know, just a fantastic family and a great person. Someone that, that genuinely cares about each and every student. And she really impacted and changed my life. And, and, you know, Dr. Wilson, Dr. Wilson, 
was a coach mm-hmm. because Dr. Wilson was the type of person that she she could give you confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something you can attest to this, Tim. A coach has to give their player confidence, a confidence to shoot the ball, a confidence that they can make that block. And, and, and she did such a great job of doing that within her students. I definitely see in the future a, a conversation about a, a, between you and I about people like Dr. Wilson, other great coaches who instill confidence in their players, in their students, in their teams, because that's such a very, very important topic, instilling confidence. But uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to 60 with 6-2. It's been a fantastic uh, opportunity and hope to hear you guys, uh, hope hope you guys listen to us uh, in the future.